Welcome to the CG Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Kilma. Whether you are a DJ, producer, promoter, or aspiring label owner, you're going to want to tune into our podcast each and every month. We talk to amazing, successful industry professionals making a difference in this scene. They share their stories, their insight, and experience. You are a legend in the scene. People know you from your music, your voice, your live performances, but it doesn't end there because you're also helping and teaching other people, mentoring, helping your community. Before we dive into those projects, because I really want to touch on them, I'd love to hear your insight on how you feel touring has changed since you first began because, (laughs) I mean, with social media and Uber and just (laughs) so many things going on, it'd be really interesting to hear your take on how it's changed and how some things might still be the same. Well, I mean, it's, it's really completely different because, you know, uh, back when you and I were coming up, it was a very linear process of, okay, learn how to DJ, uh, go and offer yourself wherever possible, play every crappy gig and opening slot, meet the promoters, and build a network from there. And now we're kind of in this weird space where not only do people meet kind of online, so that changes things, but also there is no uh, sort of prereqs for being a DJ or an artist these days. I mean, you can kind of download whatever software you can remix it in Ableton or pre-record. There doesn't seem to be as much of a mark of authenticity, I hate to say it. And it's because it's easier to fake it, you know, quite frankly. And I think that, you know, not to be negative, because I think there's a lot of great aspects, which I'll talk about in a second, but a lot of people, they take the easy way out in general in life, you know? Like, we invented a lot of machines to make our lives easier, and that's why we're getting fatter. So I think, in a way, we're in this weird space where you can be a touring artist with absolutely no ability to truly perform or even make your own songs. And that has also changed the landscape of like how people are, you know? I think that there's a certain default humility that you experience when you have to work your way up and when you are required to interact with other people. And now people kind of go from, you know, instant SoundCloud stars to trying to do shows and their vision of what a tour is supposed to be like is fueled by people like Diplo and those level of artists who are pouring champagne in each other's mouths and taking private jets. And so it's a very weird thing for me now uh, as a veteran or whatever, you know, whatever old name you want to call me to come into a green room and interact with these people who are just kind of like, yeah, I got my Ableton mix and blah, 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 blah. And I do think that uh, the good thing is, is that we've now reached this point of oversaturation where there's tons of people like that and they're all updating their Instagrams and, now we're about to do that flip around where authenticity is craved. And, and that is why things like Vine got so popular or live streaming because people are like, this is something that has to be real. It's happening in the moment. I can see it. It's raw. So touring in, in, in that way has changed to be like, if I want to tour, I have to take more opportunities to be up close 
my fans um, in advance. Like just promoting it doesn't do anything. Putting a Facebook ad doesn't really do anything. What does a lot more than that is when I do a live stream with a performance or if I do something raw and kind of from the heart, which is which is the great part about it. I think that now is finally the time where we don't have to put on the gloss because everyone else is doing it. So it's the standard. So when that becomes the standard, something new has to become the innovation. I so appreciate that you say that um, because like you say, you know, it's so much easier to access a lot of these programs and you can really fake it, but eventually that authenticity is going to be crucial. And if people see through that and they will say goodbye to those gigs. I mean, we, we really do have to set those standards and encourage one another to set those standards too, even just with, you know, your, your artist fee and uh, not, having to bring your gear every time you go to do a gig. So I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that you mentioned that. Up next, she chats about her We Out Here project and the importance of this movement, how she'd like to use it to create change. But first, winter break, Alicia's most recent. about your We Out Here project and the concept behind it. Uh, What's been happening with that? I mean, what hasn't changed in 2019, unfortunately, is the perception that women are less technical, less capable, and not, you know, like, there's still this weird attitude that when people hear a really competent track produced by a woman, there's got to be some guy behind it. There has to be some story. It can't be real. And, you know, as I'm sure you're familiar with the concept that attractiveness and capability are mutually exclusive. 
um, you know, for many years, I unknowingly contributed to that because I wanted to be taken seriously. So I wore these, you know, giant raver pants, giant hoodies, very tomboy, very skater, because I wanted to be taken seriously. And I kind of got to this point where I realized, wow, by doing that, I am enforcing that myth. You know, it should be okay for me to be attractive before a performance because I want to be and still expect to be respected. So, you know, I think now at this point, I do post, you know, the glamorous selfies and all the stuff that we have to do, but it's also, it's kind of part of my own point that it doesn't have to be like that. I can still be intelligent. I can still be capable. So We Out Here uh, is a new network. It's kind of in the middle of being launched. We threw a launch party in August um, because I was moving to Spain for a year and I really wanted to get it off the ground first. Um, and I really wanted to get the hype going. And now we're about to start releasing content. And the premise is, is like, you know, women, we're people too. If you ever seen those Us magazines, celebrities, they take out the garbage. So we advertise our launch party with women, you know, they're people too. They make dope beats. They teach people things. They say interesting stuff. And we had um, discussion panels, workshops, and uh, live streams, the whole event with, with sets and everything like that. Uh, and I think that my philosophy on feminism is that like everything else, it's very polarized right now. Politics are polarized. Everyone's extreme left, extreme right. Feminism is actually seen by a lot of young men who are, let's face it, still the backbone of the electronic music talking scene uh, as, as this very negative and very angry sort of thing. And it's a mismatch between the generations, I think. You know, a lot of women my age and older are angry, justifiably so, about the way that they're treated. But yelling at younger guys about it is not the answer because they didn't grow up with the same sexism. They don't really understand the context. And they, you know, nobody wants to be yelled at for something they didn't do. Um, to me, this is like the first step in them turning into these angry incel, like this new generation of entitled, weird gaming guys that don't leave their house. So part of my philosophy was, hey, what if we're, we just start doing things? We start putting tutorials on the internet. Um, I started doing that a while ago, and people would comment, I've never heard a woman's voice on a tutorial before. And so that really made me think, maybe we just aren't out here, you know, like, and I looked and I looked and the thing is, it's this self-fulfilling prophecy where women get tired of being questioned about doing their own technical stuff. So they don't want to put themselves out there and they don't want to subject themselves to that. But however, that means that there aren't any that people can watch and integrate into their philosophy of, oh, wow, hey, I just took a production class with Alicia. And then it's not about, oh, there's a woman doing something. It's just a subvert it's just a thing like they just learned something from me um so we started producing all the tutorials and content dj streams typical stuff and my spin on it was also to do comedy because that is to me another really powerful way of bonding connecting and also taking away the power of negative commenters you cannot make fun of me if i've already just made fun of myself you know so we have a lot of really cool things that are about to launch. Some of them are fake product commercials for things like the voice tone vocoder and the pink noise generator. Um, uh, and also, you know, techie puns as well, just to like make everybody laugh and realize how ridiculous it is. There's one called the manslater, which is like an Uber where you can order a guy to say the exact same thing that you just said so that other men will understand you. Uh, I know I'll send you those for a preview afterwards as well. Uh, there's one called uh, Dex in the City which is a full-on little sitcom episode about women producers and their horrible gear shopping habits and daily lives. And the point of that is that we're going to break up those tutorials and playlists by just putting them into the mix. And 
showing ourselves as capable, funny, and cool people to hang out with. Uh, the point of it, hopefully, is that eventually the gender factor of it becomes obsolete and we're just a cool content network like anyone else. So there's a lot of really cool women that are already into this. Uh, our first Dex in the City episode stars other artists like Maddie O'Neill and Megan Hamilton. Uh, the skits are also different artists, I know. And um, yeah, we're we're talking to a lot of exciting companies that we've been working with, like Ableton has been super supportive um, and some other stuff I can't yet talk about. But essentially, we hope to just be out here. And that's how the network was named. I asked my partner, Katie, what to call it. She said in three seconds, just be out here. That's the point. So um, yeah, that should be launching really soon. And hopefully people can watch it and just say, I took a class from her, I learned this and that from her, and then it just doesn't become a narrative anymore that women can't do things. That is so wonderful. I love that you're using a sense of humor about it too, because yeah, people can get really stuck in this really serious conversation and all this anger and it just doesn't go anywhere. So I love that you're trying these new things out. I can't wait to see more of it. You can now watch We Out Here on their channel and page. Alicia chats about social responsibility and giving back to the community and how as artists it's important we start making things about what we can give instead of what we can get. But first, we listen to her track, which I will likely mess up the pronunciation of, Clananista.
I know you run one of the largest uh, production discourse services, a free resource mentoring people of all ages from around the world. Uh, where do you feel as artists we have this social responsibility to give back to our community? And can you share why mentoring is so important to you? I mean, I really think that it goes back to the same principles of building a society or a community and the same problems that we have by, you know, let's go back to like say tribal villages or rural communities where the grandmothers helped raise the kids. And not only did the mothers and fathers have the ability to develop careers and stay interesting people and also pay attention to their kids, but the kids grew up with the elders and their advice and their mindset. And we're at this point where not only are we super isolated between generations, but we're isolated from our peers because we're all sitting at home with Postmates, with Uber. We can order anything. We don't need to leave the house. We can order our dates on Tinder. And I think the removal of that um, back and forth uh, communication really, really affects our entire society. And as a music community, I've been kind of watching it die and rot for the same thing I just talked about. We're being pushed these consumerist images of, I need more champagne, I need more of this, and nothing about helping each other. And as cheesy as that might sound, I feel such a sense of fulfillment in a lot of different ways. And some of them are, you know, selfish in a certain way. I get really inspired to write new music when I connect with people who are super excited about it and learning. You know, it's hard for me to be jaded when I show somebody a trick and they just light up and create and get so amazed about it. So, you know, on the one hand, it really helps me as an artist not get stuck in patterns and genres. Uh, a lot of the people that I grew up with as DJs and artists that, you know, I see on Facebook are so trapped in like 1999. They just figure they found the best music and then stopped right there. and you know, they'll, they'll make fun of kids, they'll get angry at them, when really, like, these are the people who are, if you're still playing out, paying your salary, to be quite frank, and second, the people that you have the potential to uplift to make something better instead of complaining about it. So, you know, a lot of what I said about feminism and a lot of about integrating men and women comes from a lot of experience with the majority of my users who are between 15 and 25 and, you know, sadly, still overtly male. Um, but that has helped me connect so much with teenagers and with youth and the people who are going to these parties. And they're not crappy. In fact, they're a lot better, more balanced, emotionally less sexist people than our generation was because we were their parents, you know? So they have the potential to be something greater to help each other. But we need to kind of give them that push and model to them because everyone else who's inspiring them is trying to sell them something. So I think to involve yourself with mentoring uh, with no strings attached, really just firstly, it teaches the person compassion, love, connection, selflessness. And second, it, it imbues them with this social responsibility of their own and a desire to create a community that's not just based around them. I really think that Facebook and all these me pages, I call them narcissist islands, they just really encourage people to just, oh, this is all about me. And it, you know, if you remember all the old message boards, you couldn't go on a message board and say, hey everyone, this is what I ate for breakfast. Look at a picture. You, Same thing as a house party. That guy gets kicked out or, or shunned to the side of the room, but somehow we're in this era where we just glorify our own daily activities as if we're all celebrities, and then we wonder why we feel so alone. So in my community, um, we all respect each other, we collaborate, we support each other, 
And I've really noticed some of these kids who were a little bit snarky changing a lot just from having that love and attention. Ending this amazing podcast, I want to share her tune, Light Years Away, forthcoming on Multi Music this spring. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Did something really stand out to you today? A new piece of information? Was something shared here that inspired you to do more in your career? Let us know. And if you're a producer and would like to get your music played on the show, make sure you contact us. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Cyber Groove Radio Podcast.